1: And I have a real big thinker on with me today who is full of really good insights and unlikely good insights, a man named David Munson, who is called to preach repentance in many things, starting with a better way to deal with carbon dioxide than what the left does. And so we're going to talk about a positive solution to climate change. David, thank you for joining me.
0: Glad to be here, Doug. I'm so happy to have a chance to share my thoughts with others who are Christian Libertarian followers. I'm so glad to learn about the Christian Libertarian Institute a while back and now to be a small supporter. And I would encourage everybody listening to um, not be like what Edmund Burke warned us about. You know, he said a long time ago, 200-something years ago, all that's needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. So I've been called to do something to fight the left on this issue of climate change where they're saying we need to destroy modern life and eat bugs and live a horrible life without reliable electricity and quit flying in jet airplanes and all kinds of other crazy proposals to, quote, do something about carbon dioxide when they do nothing about the growing carbon emissions from India and China which are growing faster than we could possibly cut our emissions. Mm -hmm. My program that I came up with after a long career in agriculture is that we need to restore the earth to health to solve a lot of problems, including growing carbon dioxide. Believe it or not, the real reason why carbon dioxide levels have risen in the modern age since the early 1800s is not man's emissions, but the ploughing and destruction of the North American prairie was they started plowing in the eighteen thirties, destroying a huge carbon sink that was keeping carbon dioxide low because the plants were sequestering so much carbon and building carbon in the soil. Once you plowed the soil, that carbon got re emitted to the air, and man's continuing tillage emits lots of carbon back into the air instead of it being profitably held in the soil to boost fertility. Mm -hmm. So, my program is to remineralize the earth, adding badly needed minerals to depleted soils so that photosynthesis increases and permanently sequesters carbon in the soil and in trees and plants. Mm -hmm. Instead of worrying about cutting your emissions and taking away your gas car, taking away reliable electricity so I've written a book about that. People can go to getrealalliance.org to learn a lot more and see my video documentary. That's getrealalliance.org. Hope you'll go there and check us out. If you like our messaging and want to see me fight the left more aggressively, please donate. I'm a pundit, an advocate, and a big thinker, and I've had a very interesting career Doing all kinds of things, including inventing a lot of stuff and having game changing inventions. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on that you can go to. GetRealWise.org is a good start, but even better, there's more websites to go to, and I'm trying to generate a lot more content.
1: So that's a little of what we're working on, Doug. Yeah, well. I visited your site and I really appreciate the videos because they offer a really easy to access amount of information for what you're up to and not just about what you're up to at Get Real Alliance, but sort of the explanation as to why you're doing it. I want to get to some of those inventions and things that you've talked about. First, I want to sort of bring up maybe the elephant in the room here, which is, you know, we're libertarians, mostly libertarians. And my listenership, I mean, I don't know all my listeners. I guess I can't imagine they're all 100% libertarian. But they um, are probably pretty skeptical about the talk about climate change and all the alarmism and doomsday predictions and things like that. And your position is essentially we got to do something more positive than just stop doing what we enjoy in modern life. But why would a libertarian and why would a Christian want to care about the environment if we're already skeptical that that's even a real problem?
0: Well, I agree. And I'm a Christian libertarian before I even found out about your organization. <laughs> my history as a libertarian goes all the way back to 1980 when I was the top signature gatherer for the Koch and Clark campaign Okay, in 1980. And I helped them get on the ballot in Texas. I probably asked 100,000 people to sign my petition and got 1,000 signatures. Oof. So that was an early accomplishment for me as a young man to work hard. So I'm very committed to libertarian ideals. My program ideally is done privately with a charity called Remineralize the Earth, which is remineralize.org. And I'm not in favor of big government programs. The government mismanages and destroys basically everything it touches. And um, I'm very concerned. The reason why I did just say carbon dioxide isn't a threat which it may not be. In fact, there's a strong argument that it's actually a benefit to humanity increasing plant growth because carbon dioxide is a vital nutrient for plants. But when people have a near religious belief and carry on about how climate change is an existential threat, you can't just say, no, it isn't, and make any progress with them. You have to say, oh, maybe it is a problem. Here's a better solution that we can do privately without destroying our life as we know it. So that was my strategy in writing the book. I deliberately didn't take a position on carbon dioxide and say, oh, it's a huge threat. What I do think is a huge threat is our demineralized soil and the resulting food, which is causing lots of degenerative disease and growing deserts and the senseless paving of fertile land for development. So those are issues that I'm very concerned about mm-hmm. and love to talk to people who want to propose a libertarian way to proceed with things more than I do. But I think having this charity do the remuneration and encouraging people to voluntarily contribute a fraction of their energy expenditures toward destroying the earth to health is a way we can do this in a Christian libertarian way.
1: Your approach to this sort of is in contrast to, ironically, you know, right now, the big push is, you know, toward what are called renewables, although they're probably more accurately unreliables. And you have a solution for a more reliable wind power, but which you can mention here in a minute. It seems to me that the left tends to want to sort of innovate out of this in a way that is, we'll keep our electricity, but we'll use solar and wind and maybe some other things as well that are not very reliable. Whereas what you're doing is definitely a lot more, the word is holistic, but what I mean by that is it takes into account the needs of the earth rather than just the needs of humans to continue, per se. Do you think I'm accurately describing it?
0: Exactly. Yes, I'm a holistic thinker, I think about the whole of a situation. I'm an engineer by training, and engineers are kind of intended to draw a box around things with inputs and outputs and a system. Yeah, right. And our Earth is really, if you put a box around the whole Earth, you've got sunlight coming in, and you've got heat radiating back out to space at night and at the poles most of the year. So I put a box around. I don't think it's as simplistic as people say that carbon dioxide is just making a huge difference. That's unknown. What is known, they're trying to use this for political ends. And they're squashing dissenting opinions that are oftentimes very sensible and rational. So Marxism is what's underway in the world in a big way right now. And Marxism wants top-down control of everything. And that's what the left proposes with climate change. They want to make us all submissive to a deep state with a loss of freedom and loss of private property and all kinds of bad things. Mm-hmm. I'm super opposed to that, and I'm trying to blow up one of their big issues that they're trying to use to take control of us, just like they use the created virus COVID to take so much freedom away from us, to kind of condition us to a loss of
1: freedom for state edicts. They definitely use things to their advantage in a way that pushes their agenda, right? Like, no matter what the emergency or, the, or even alleged emergency, it's always, hey, let's just pack in our laundry list of things we want to do with the world <laughs> and trample on other people. Trample on the individual
0: freedom, yeah. Freedom has been under a sharp decline, and it's accelerated as we come to what I think could be the end of America's experiment in favor of a deep authoritarian Marxist one-party state. Yeah, well, I hope it doesn't get there for sure. Well, I'm a fan of Mark Levin in some ways, although he's not a libertarian. He's a little too militaristic for me. Yeah. But uh, he just wrote this book, The Democratic Party Hates America. And I only read the first 30 pages of it, and it was very strong and very well documented. But in many ways, we live in a one-party state with a superficial opposing party in the Republican Party. And they just go along with almost everything. Now, yeah. the Democratic deep state does so. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to fight that. Another thing I'm working on now is I've started GetRealTV.com, and I'm trying to get funding to do a documentary called Get Real About Politics to use a Christian libertarian perspective mm. to just destroy the deep state and its number one acolytes in Congress and try to build a consensus for go into a more Christian, libertarian way of running the government, shrinking government dramatically, ending government bond sales, and just converting our economy away from this Ponzi scheme of perpetual debt (laughs) in favor of a much juster and more sustainable society. Yeah, yeah. So that's another
1: project I'm working on. Let's get to a little bit about your Get Real program, because I think in a way that's a real highlight of what you're up to, at least as it relates to my audience and, and some of the things that I'm interested in because I'm tired of the doomsday predictions. I'm tired of people saying, well, we just need to do more wind and do more solar. Hey, look at these charts that say that that's more affordable than fossil fuels. And then you've got Alex Epstein just sort of you know, fact-checking them and telling them why they're all wrong. And so it's just like, they just have the same old talking points, right? And so you have a positive plan. And so what are some of the things of the Get Real program that are key for us to understand?
0: Well, the number one program is to realize that carbon dioxide levels go down every summer while the corn is growing. Well, because the American farmers, in large part, don't plant anything else besides one grain crop, they leave the soil bare where the carbon sequestered by the plant just gets re-emitted into the air. So if we grow cover crops on the land, To keep green things growing all the times they can grow, we can sequester a lot more carbon, and that alone can make America nearly carbon negative. Mm -hmm. But if we add minerals to the soil and revitalize our forests, and unfortunately, the government does a horrible job with the large amount of land that it has under its control, leading many forests so dead that they're actually carbon emitters instead of carbon sequesters. Explain the co- the idea of cover crops here. Well, green plants put fifty percent of the carbohydrates they make into their roots to feed soil life, which makes useful compounds that are stable in the soil. So it's a wonderful God's factory is just amazing. Photosynthesis is amazing; it's the basis of life on land. So if you have bare soil, the soil life is starving to death and literally eats the saved carbon. To stay alive. And then finally, if it runs out of soil carbon to eat, it just goes dormant. But microbes make up 90% of the life on land in the soil. So there's a whole hidden world under our feet yeah, right. that science barely understands because it's impossible to see if there's a billion microorganisms in a hand of healthy soil, how can you possibly map all of
1: those? Maybe AI? Well, <laughs> I, maybe the next half century will do that. No, I'm, I'm sort of jesting here, but keep going about cover crops. I was just kidding.
0: Anyway, cover crops are a crop that can produce forage for grazing or other things or just be plowed down or mashed into the ground to build up soil organic matter. But they basically feed the soil life and increase soil organic matter and cut down soil erosion. So bare soil is not nature's liking. Nature loves plants to grow on the land.
1: So is this essentially, basically like when you don't have crops growing, so I actually live across from a farm, and there is never bare soil to my recollection, at least, when I say never, I don't mean like for long periods of time. Is this just basically the practice of like, okay, you harvest your corn, and you don't just till it up and leave it bare? Right, exactly. Okay. You plant
0: other grasses that'll grow during the winter, so you have feeding the soil life all the time. The yeah. ground's not frozen. About 5% of the farmers grow cover crops. So you're next to somebody that's one of the
1: 5%. Okay. Well, if I'm recalling correctly, I'm in my basement right now, so I can't quite look out there and be like, oh, yeah, that's true. But 5%, wow, that's not very much. I mean, why aren't people doing it if it's so healthy for the soil? Because in my mind, it would be better for farmers. Like, it's in their self-interest to do this.
0: There's just kind of a clean tillage mindset. I don't know if you've ever tilled the soil, but there's something very kind of destructive, but it's kind of very gratifying to take a bunch of plants and just plow them under it, have bare dirt.
1: Yeah, my wife and I have a debate over whether or not we should let clover grow on our main yard. It's that same idea, like there's just something nice about a really like golf coursey kind of lawn as opposed to something that's actually more healthy.
0: Exactly. So there's even a saying, if it doesn't, blow, it won't grow, meaning if the soil's not so tilled that the wind will blow some of it away, Uh,
1: okay, you're losing out on production. But that's false because you're saying that the nutrients in the ground are being eaten up by the bare dirt.
0: And if you're losing a ton or two of soil per acre, we're losing 10 million tons a day of topsoil. This is an existential threat. Because without soil, we don't have food.
1: Yeah. What is carbon negative? You use that word. I haven't heard it until you and I were discussing this before this episode.
0: Carbon negative means the level of carbon in the air is going
1: down.
0: Mm -hmm. If you have a process, if you have a field, it's either emitting carbon and so it's carbon positive or it's sequestering carbon so it's carbon negative. So a growing field of vegetation is carbon negative because it's sucking up carbon dioxide out of the air and turning it into plant matter and organic matter in the soil.
1: So your goal is carbon negative as opposed to carbon neutral.
0: Yeah, all these people that are hysterical saying, oh my God, the world is going to end because carbon dioxide levels have gone up and we need to lower levels or slow the rise. I'm saying, okay, maybe carbon dioxide level let's do sustainable sensible things to lower the level in the air yeah, and solve the problem. I'm not sure. I think there's a point which you'll lose productivity by lowering the carbon dioxide level. But my number one goal is to save my way of life. I've been blessed with affluence, had a big ranch, have had a wonderful wife, and live in a big house and have lots of cars. I don't want to lose my way of life. And that's what the left poses. I like to eat good beef and they want me to eat bugs. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to eat my beef, not bugs. if my beef want to eat their bugs, they can, but I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about with people. And we're reached out to Congress. We got one Congressman, a good guy named Brandon Williams, who loves our program and called it the green real deal. And, We use that mantra a little bit in some of our email marketing and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hey, folks, I just want to take a break from our episode to ask you to consider becoming an LCI insider. We want everyone to feel engaged and excited about what LCI is doing. And the best way to do that is if you become a monthly supporter at $20 or more per month, you will become what we're calling our LCI insiders. You get some free gifts. You get an exclusive Crisis King magnetic lapel pin. They give you two copies of Faith Seeking Freedom. We send monthly ebooks months ahead of when they're released on our public website. You can get discounts on our swag on our online store, and you get exclusive invites to our quarterly live streams with the LCI staff. In addition to that, whenever we do publish something like a physical book like Strangers with Candy, we'll also send you those as well. So the best way to stay up to date on what we're doing and to support what the Libertarian Christian Institute is doing, including supporting the podcast you're listening to right now, is to become an LCI insider. So to do that, go to libertarianchristians.com donate, and then choose recurring monthly gift, and you'll be added to our list automatically. Thank you for your support, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. So we've talked about one thing of your Get Real program, which is the grow the cover crops, and you have some other things there. And I know you've mentioned some of the inventions that you've had. Share a little bit more about the Get Real program.
0: Well, adding minerals to the soil in the form of basalt rock dust, which is an amazing rock that's kind of behind life on Earth because it has all the needed minerals in it. Mm -hmm. It's a volcanic rock. It's the second most common rock on Earth. There's a ton of it. We need to grind it up and put it on the land and put some in the ocean to remineralize the depleted ocean as well so we have more ocean life and turn it into a huge carbon sink as well. So anyway, remineralization is key. Remineralize.org, the website has a ton of great content on it. Mm -hmm. My org website has a lot of content. And there's a way to order my book, which if you're a reader who wants to get a really in-depth exposure to all of this, my book is very thorough and there's a link to it on the GetRollAlliance.org website to get it on Amazon or whatever form you want.
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. What we'll do is you mentioned these, I'll put them in the show notes. So for people listening, they'll be able to easily tap on any of those links.
0: Fantastic. Anyway. I'm kind of unique in that I had a solar power invention that was better than solar photovoltaic, that we actually measured the sun for a year here in the Dallas area with a minute-by-minute data locker that picked up solar radiation in very incremental increments. So we saw every cloud that came across the sun. And frankly, the solar industry is just lying, and to the left is just lying about solar power. It's totally unreliable as solar refundable tank and will result in brownouts and blackouts, short losses of power if it becomes a dominant power source. So, yeah, it's really just a big lie to destroy America and turn us into Venezuela, where we go from being a prosperous nation to being impoverished and living a very third world existence.
1: How has being an, a rancher affected your? thoughts and experience in life with respect to invention and innovation?
0: Well, really, I've always been an inventor. I was an active child, taking things apart and learning how they work. You took apart a lawnmower engine at what,
1: age five, you said? At age five, right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just a... Did you get in trouble for that at all? I'm kind of curious. You didn't mention that on your video. My
0: dad had a lawnmower that literally ate motors. (laughs) He <laughs> was an underpowered Sears lawnmower, and we had a big yard, and dad's lawnmower just ate the motors, and he kept buying new motors and putting them on it, Yeah. so he had several motors sitting in a closet in the garage, so I took one apart, and I wasn't in any trouble, but uh anyway, I've got a very creative, inventive mind, my invention company, full of ideas.com, has a little bit of content on it, but there's a lot more inventions in the book that I talk about. Yep, yep. I believe we've got to repent. To repent is a Christian way of saying you're doing wrong and you need to change your ways. I think our society is totally wrong with this growing deep state, permanent administrative state government, and this perpetual debt cycle that is now nearly at an end time. Exponential function just as perpetual debt go to a blow-up phase where they rise very fast before they crash. And we're getting ready to get to a point as a country where people won't buy our debt. Most of the American people are so deep in debt they can't get out. The fact that consumers owe a trillion dollars on high-interest credit card debt is just shocking. It's just literally bankrupting our society and one thing Christians and Jews don't really obey in the Bible is God's call for debt forgiveness every few years so the debt doesn't grow perpetually into an unsustainable level. Yeah. The Bible talked about debt forgiveness after seven years or after 50 years just to wipe the slate clean. And seven years is about when a lender at typical. Biblical interest rates would have made all their money back and more than they loaned, so the lender didn't actually lose money if the debt's forgiven. He just doesn't enslave the person to unpayable debt. But we have a debt-based economy, and I'm calling for a radical change. I think it's unsustainable and it cripples my children mm. and our prosperity. And we need to return to a much more equitable situation and. The problem is, capitalism is the greatest system that's been devised, but it's really hampered if people aren't Christians. And sadly, the church in Europe was not Christian because they didn't treat people well at all. They allowed wage slavery and serfdom and everything else instead of loving their neighbors themselves. They treated people horribly, working children to the bone and So the early capitalists kind of created the impetus for people to say Christianity is not the answer, but Marxism is. Mm. Marxism is a godless creation that always talks about validating the oppressed and uplifting them. But, of course, in reality, it leads to authoritarian totalitarianism because sinful people take over this growing government that administers everything, and you end up with, a ruling elite ruling over impoverished serfs working for the Marxist authoritarian regime. So I'm um, really out to try to defeat that with getting real about politics. I think Marxism is getting to be the dominant philosophy of the party in charge. And all this talk about people being oppressed and needing restitution and
1: Yeah, right. It's interesting that you see the climate issue as a way to combat that because that's allegedly their issue, right? They're the ones who care about the safety of the planet and those who are oppressed. And you know, there's obviously the biblical theme of looking out for those who are on the margins, but the Marxist way of looking at things is that that's how you should look at things. And they have no salvation. They have no redeemer. It's just perpetual servitude toward those whom you've victimized, if that's even how you want to look at it. So it's very clear to me, you know, in talking to you and and reading your book, and that this is a really important thing to battle, and and I certainly you know admire that, and it's especially if you can beat them at their own game. And so I would love to hear more about what are some of those other things that you're doing. You talk about collaboration in your book, innovation. You talk about biochar, which is an interesting concept as well. I don't know if you want to talk about some of those things.
0: Yeah, biochar is one of God's gifts to man that came to the ancient Central American people and they created this thing called dark soil or terra petra that was made up of burnt plants partially burned where they turned to pure carbon, mixing it in with manure and some pottery into the soil and created this incredibly fertile soil that supported the huge populations in in Central Latin America. So we talk about biochar in the book. I'm for making a lot of biochar. How would that get produced? Well, you make it from anything that has organic matter by heating it and causing it to combust away all the volatile hydrocarbons and leave behind nothing but pure carbon. Mm -hmm. Carbon doesn't burn till you get over a 1,000 degrees. So if you keep a fire cool and kind of deficient in oxygen, it's like when you have a campfire and if you put the fire out, you have this black
1: log. It's funny. You talk about a campfire. What I had in my mind is, you know, how my kids often roast their marshmallows too hot and it gets all burned up and it's black. Is that kind of the idea?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's turning to carbon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've turned the sugary marshmallow into carbon. So if they just put that on my lawn, is that going to make my lawn better? Yeah, it stores nutrients and holds water. I mean, I
1: realize it's a marshmallow, but, you know.
0: Yeah, if you make biochar and put it on the soil or mix it into your garden or put it on your farmland, you just make the soil better. I mean, it's an amazing amendment. I've worked on ways to make it more economically. I talk about it in the book, about going to a whole new way of managing forests. Instead of trying to cut roads in or bulldoze paths into the forest, Use airships to lift logs, lift the dead wood out of the forest. Mm -hmm. The reason why we have these big forest fires, there's so much dead wood in the forest that once it gets lit, it's like 10,000 gallons of gasoline break or just going up in a huge hot flame where the flames get 100 feet high and burn the whole tree up instead of just charring it a little bit. So I advocate for forest management. That is an area where. Government owns most of the forest, so we do need for government to hire private companies and whatnot to manage that and do a better job on it. Mm. But uh, yeah, that biochar is important. I talk a lot about how unreliable current wind and solar are and how they're really not good solutions and we need new inventions. I talk a little bit about one of my inventions that I patented writing the book, which is a New way to use wind to compress air, like the first stage of a gas turbine, then heat the air and run it through an expansion turbine to make the power. So it's kind of disconnected from the wind by the air compression, and you can have extra air compressors available that are fuel-powered on demand to step in when the wind doesn't blow Mm -hmm. or when the wind isn't strong enough. I'm a big fan of reliable power. You and I are having this conversation right now because we have the blessing of reliable power. (laughs) And people take it for granted.
1: No kidding, yeah.
0: One thing I talk about in the book, and I think most people are really unaware of, is how vulnerable our electric grid is to destruction from five different ways. And it could permanently extinguish most life in the civilized world because we're so dependent on electricity. Mm. There's cyber attack, physical sabotage, nuclear EMP, non-nuclear EMPs, which are small scale, and massive solar storm. The one thing that we as Christians can't do anything about is about nature, except by preparing for it, like having a good house built in a place that doesn't flood. Right, yeah. It's not right in an earthquake zone or whatever, but... We need to protect our grid, come up with new technology to survive a grid destroying event like I just talked about. So, Peter Pry, who you can look up on the web, was a leading danger to the grid guy. There's a good documentary out called Grid Down Power Up. That's a pretty good documentary. There's also a good documentary called American Blackout on YouTube that is a somewhat optimistic look at a cyber attack that destroys the grid for a couple of weeks. And conveniently, they stopped the show with the power coming back on right about the time that everybody would really be dying from lack of water and food. But an actual attack could destroy the grid where it's gone for a very long time, maybe forever. The solar storm is perhaps the scariest because it could be global. So there wouldn't be anybody to come to the rescue, whereas a cyber attack in America or a nuclear EMP only disables America. And other countries could come in and try to help us over time or take us over. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, I would encourage people to think about that. And um, I'm kind of a prepper. I have some freeze-dried food and a solar oven, water filters and other things to survive a power outage long enough to make sure that it's permanent. I don't have a solution right now. I have a plan. One of my inventions is a sustainable community that has its own power, food, and water to survive long-term. And um, I hope you'll put my contact information on the show notes if somebody wants to reach out to me and learn more. Yeah, As you can tell, I like to talk, so I'm happy to <laughs> talk to concerned Christian libertarians who want to make a difference. Yeah. There's just a lot we can do, and I need support. I'm financially blessed with good fortune, but I have a fraction of the money needed to really fight the left, so I need people to go to org and go to the donate page and make a monthly contribution. If you liked what I've said and you'd like to learn more, please watch the documentary and get the book and Really get informed and don't be one of those people doing nothing to fight the evil. If we don't all fight the evil, it will overtake us. We need to pray the Lord's Prayer and ask God to deliver us from evil. That's the final line of the
1: Lord's Prayer. That's what we need to pray. Because without God, evil's going to overtake us yeah well, those are good words, and uh David, I appreciate you coming on here to chat about this. I appreciate your definitely your positive approach to the climate change issue and you're you are definitely passionate about fighting evil and you know where it's coming from and so that's all definitely really good that you have that and um, again, just uh for one last time, just give us the website address you want people to go to and and then in the show notes, I can provide some information as well.
0: The climate website is GetRealAlliance my invention website if you want to see a little bit about that is full of ideas.com and you can also go to get real com and watch the video documentary and hopefully see get real about politics my blow up with the administrative state and the left about they're trying to take us down so please support me and um We've got giving links on both websites, and we need everybody to step up and really make a difference to save America from the left. I think time is critical, and uh, being complacent, thinking everything will just be all right is not true. The Bible shows civilizations under enormous stress because they got away from God's teaching, and uh, I'm very concerned about America. So hope everybody will go to that. All right. and. Um, Pray that I have strength and wisdom to fight the left hard on behalf of everybody. Take care. All
1: right. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Libertarian Christian Podcast. If you like today's episode, we encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts to help expand our audience. If you want to reach out to us, email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. You can also reach us at LCI Official on Twitter. And of course, we are on Facebook and have an active group. You are welcome to join. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Libertarian Christian Podcast is a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, a registered 501c3 nonprofit. If you'd like to find out more about LCI, visit us on the web at
0: libertarianchristians.com. The voiceovers are by Matt Bellis and Katherine Williams.
1: As of episode 115, our audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com. Hello, everyone. It's Doug from the Libertarian Christian Podcast. You might notice already that this recording sounds quite a bit different from usual. In fact, it probably sounds pretty crappy. Well, I'm doing this to show you something pretty amazing. As you might know, the guys over at Podsworth Media have been producing my show for several years, quite a while, hundreds of episodes. And now they have a brand new online app for taking rough recordings like this one and making them sound a whole lot cleaner and a lot more listenable in just a few easy clicks. So here are some of the core features. They remove background noise. It reduces plosives, which is really handy for me because I often forget to put my pop filter on before I do a YouTube video. I often forget to put my pop filter on before I do a YouTube video because pop filters look terrible when you're on camera. It fixes clipping. It removes clicks and pops. It fixes clipping. It removes clicks and pops. It evenly levels dialogue so that you don't have somebody talking really quietly and then somebody talking really loud because they're too close to the mic or too far away from the mic. It evenly levels dialogue so that you don't have somebody talking really quietly and then somebody talking really loud because they're too close to the mic or too far away from the mic. How do you use it? It's easy. You go to podsworth.com, you click get started. And because you're a listener to one of the Libertarian Christian Institute's podcasts, you can get 50% off your first order by entering the promo code LCI50. That's LCI50, and you will get 50% off your first order. If you are doing anything like a podcast, a video, a sermon, an audiobook, anything that's spoken word, You want to use podsworth.com and clean up your audio to be even more professional and polished. You want to use podsworth.com and clean up your audio to be even more professional and polished.